Welcome back to the Sales Leader Show, part two with James Thompson. I am super excited for you guys to hear the rest of the story. Um, we kind of cut off in the middle of his personal experience. So we're going to jump right into that and listen now. Okay, yeah. So that sounded like it was very impactful to you when your friend came and said, hey, listen, I'm not partying anymore. We, you know, if we don't, if we don't hang out, that's fine. What was that like for you receiving that kind of at that point in your life? It was, it hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, I, I just, I hadn't had anybody that I was surrounding myself with at that point in time that I felt was really driven um, and really had, a, wanted to sort of design their life in a positive way. Right. And so when I, when I heard that, I knew it was going to be a completely different ride than any I had taken, but um, you know, him and I were best friends and I didn't want to let go of that friendship. And I felt like, well, the ancillary benefit of continuing being friends with you will, will be me being successful later on in life as well. So, um, no, it was, uh, it was very impactful. It sounds like that friend had some, had, had a direction, a specific direction he was going and was really committed to. Yes. Yeah. He's now a VP at Amgen. He's like, you know, only 39. Okay. <laughs> so. Wow. It's yeah, crazy. That's amazing. I mean, I, I think direction is extremely powerful and I don't know, maybe that's the same thing as purpose. I'm not sure, but like just choosing where you want to go and and, and being honest with yourself about where that is. Yeah. Meaning the reason I say that is I used, I used to choose other people's goals to, mm -hmm. because I thought people would think that was a good one to choose, right? They would look at me favorably, yeah. but it wasn't one I actually cared about, you know, like uh, mansions and cars and all that stuff. Like it sounds nice, but it didn't actually get me up in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, obviously I wasn't motivated, right? But sure. once you find one that's actually real, I think it's almost easy to just make good choices. Would you agree or do you think I'm, out of my mind. <laughs> no, no, definitely. I, I, I absolutely do. And my, you know, my real choice at the time was you can continue to be a knucklehead or you can get your degree. And that was, it was for me, common sense. You know, it was going to take a lot more hard work. No question about it. A lot of saying no to the knuckleheads I was hanging out with. Mm -hmm. Um, but that wasn't going to be hard for me. That's awesome, man. That's so awesome. I think that's powerful. I think there's so many sales reps out there that don't know. They almost think something's wrong with them. You know, it's like, why is it so hard for me to make my calls? Why is it so hard mm. to, to do whatever, to close, to whatever they're, they're struggling with. And I don't know, man, I, I think sometimes it just comes down to, they're just doing it for a paycheck. They don't have any real reason. Completely. Yeah. So I, I'm curious. So like you, you, you're, you know, you seem like a very driven guy. You have your values. You, you, you clearly understand your values, which I think takes some contemplation for most of us. It doesn't just like pop into us where we're fully like 
you know, into our values right away. Sometimes we have to think about it and, and experience life. But I'm, I'm curious, do you think drive and purpose is a requirement for all consistently high performing reps? Or is it something that maybe some people don't need that as much? Yes, <laughs> I believe okay. you need to have a reason, Robert. I mean, your reasons can change over time and that's fine. But if you're a rep that doesn't have a why, then there's a problem. And, you know, every year, what I, one of the things I do is I, I write out what my why is. And it's a Google Doc sheet. It's called goals, uh, the goals slash core, actually is what it's called. And, and so I write, you know, what do I want to be? And I get to write that every year. What do I want to be? And how, you know, kind of how, do, how do you want to show up? Um, what is your why? And what do you want to offer this world this year? Um, what makes you uniquely you? And, and what are some of the areas that you can improve upon? And, uh, you know, a few years ago, I, I was doing this as I generally do. Um, and I kind of had this aha moment that it's really not about the result. It's, it's, it's one thing to say, sure, I, I want to provide more for my family. Okay, great. Uh, you know, everybody does, right? <laughs> That's nothing. Yeah. It's, it's nothing new or, um, we, we all, all good people want to provide more for their family. Um, it's one thing to say, I want to go on, on more vacations with, with my family, or I, I want to achieve a greater sense of purpose. Good. Uh, those are statements and that'll get you maybe a couple of days in before you, you know, get back to your old habits, but the, the, the true why has to be there. And, and I think for me, it's just about, okay, so if you achieve this, what is actually going to happen? And what I've found is if I can, if I have more vacation, right. So for example, I, if I take the company that's given me 20 days, not 10, right. If I, if I, if I have enough money to, to you know, continue to have enough money, I've been pretty fortunate um, to go on nice vacations, then we're going to have more moments of joy and laughter as a family. Right. And, and I, I think that's what we're aiming for is the moments, the sort of in between times. Um, so it's really important for reps to, to kind of, or anybody really just to, to, to have a, to have their reasons and to, to know what those are and, and to really have those stick to have those kind of make sense for them, not just write it down on a piece of paper because you think it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, man. I have actually like three follow-up questions to that. Hopefully I can remember them all. The first one is you write down your, your why, right? Your mm -hmm. goals, your core, you call it every year. How does that, how does that work into your, your life throughout the year? Cause it's so easy to write it down. Mm -hmm. and then forget about it. So how does that something that you can keep top of mind? How do you use it? I actually have it on my desktop. <laughs> so, you know, every, every couple of weeks, I just go right back to it and say, okay, so this is you. This is what you want to do. This is who you want to be. And this is how you want to show up. Are you doing that? Are you aligned with that? And I won't sit here and tell you that I'm perfect because I'm not. But I, I think if you have a sort of common sort of general direction and you're doing things that are aligned with your core and, and who you are, then you're not going to be steered wrong. 
Yeah. There's something powerful, I think, about truth, right? Yeah. When you're being true to yourself, um, even no matter how hard things are, it's the best possible outcome, right? It's yeah. kind of... Exactly. I mean, you'll have ups and downs, but I almost think the ups and downs are... I, I hate to... It's not easy, but it's... It's not that it's easier. It's that it's it almost makes you more powerful that you can handle more. Mm-hmm. I think when you know what you're doing, why you're doing it. Yeah. Ah, that's awesome. I love that. And another thing I wanted to point out is you said in there that you know you're fortunate to have. Um, I you didn't specifically say, but it sounded like you were kind of saying you know you have high income compared to maybe others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's something important in that that you said that you're fortunate. I think it's, it's easy for people who have achieved a lot to believe that they're doing, that they are the reason that that's true and that them by themselves did that. And that's probably never true, but I think at the same time, it's important to recognize for all those listening that you also, it's not that he had nothing to do with it. You can control the direction you're heading and you can control in the ability to increase your income and things. So um, I love the humility, but I also think that sometimes I hear people, I used to hear people say that when I was a lot more insecure and I would think, oh, they were, they're saying that they're lucky, so I can't get to where they are. Mm. So what do you think about that? I mean, I guess I just sort of told you my thoughts. I sort of threw my <laughs> bias in there, but what, what I, I'm curious what would you say to someone who maybe is feeling a little bit insecure about their future and they want to be a strategic account executive one day, that would be something that would be a dream for them. Mm. What, 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 what would you recommend them to do? And would you give them encouragement to say, yes, you absolutely can do that. Absolutely. Anybody can do it. Um, You know, who's, (laughs) who's not completely, there, there are some strategic account executives that I wouldn't follow into a Walmart or buy. So I don't know how they got to this. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then there are some that are absolutely brilliant that, you know, you really want to learn from and, and pick their brain all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would just say, if you want to be at this level, there's steps to this, right? There's levels to this. And it's important to, to be insatiably curious right? It's important to, to join communities, to, to learn from others that are ahead of you, to figure out ways to do that. Um, maybe get a, get a sales coach, um, fail forward, right? Get out there and, and, and be a, an SDR first, right? If you, if you're kind of at that level, mm-hmm. um, and, and just hear a lot of no's, um, and, and then just, you know, there's obviously a lot that AEs need to know that, are, that is different than an SDR. So learn about what the different stages of the sales cycle look like uh, and sort of the nuances of them. And, and while you're sort of learning, you're growing and, and you're experiencing uh, while you're doing that most of the time, right? Because even if you're an SDR and you're learning how to be an AE, when you get into that role, you're going to be prepped. So, you know, you mentioned insecurity. I, I think insecurity comes from a lack of preparation. And you mentioned people that think, oh, this person is just lucky in the world. There's no luck. I mean, some people got here 10 years prior 
<laughs> than I did as a strategic account executive. Like I see 30 year olds out there. I, I, I posted about a guy named Sam um, who I, I worked with and you've just never heard a person um, that is, is that good um, that early on in his career uh, the way that he leverages internal resources and in the way that he negotiates and um, you know, the, the sort of the, the obsession that he has with how he says things um, not just sort of, you know, that he knows the sales process, but, but the, the, how um, the way that he, he takes the initiative to get a sales coach. Um, and this is why he's a president's club guy at such an early age. This is why he makes $400,000 a year, whatever it is. Right. And so you can be whatever you want to be. You just need to put the work into it. I don't think Sam's any different than any of us. Right. And, you know, it was inter interesting beginning to, to work alongside him because I learned from him and it's funny, we came into our previous role at the same time and I thought, Oh, you know, Oh, he comes from drift. He was a mid market guy there. Right. Uh, right. He's, lucky, he's lucky to be in the same room as me. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, a little did I know a little Sam, um, he was a machine. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a great story. I think that's a very encouraging story. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I love what you said about, um, we're going to getting off the roadmap here that we have, but okay. I, I love what you said about, uh, insecurity, that it's a lack of preparation and man, I'm going to have to contemplate that more. Cause I, but it hit me a little bit because I think if you can think of it that way, then insecurity is almost no big deal, right? Because you can just get become more prepared you can prepare better and and then you're good that's right um, yeah and some people need to prepare more than others right some people are naturally mm -hmm. more talented and that's fine but if you're prepared you're going to be fine you know uh, if you're prepared coming into discovery calls and coming into to demos and, and if you're preparing your team the right way as well so it's, it's not just if, are you preparing yourself but are you preparing your team the right way um and, and this is all part of making sure that, that these interactions with uh, potential clients go well. Uh, it's all a prep game, right? It's like Kobe Bryant famously said, what do you know about 4 a.m.? Right? Like I can, yeah. I can say, I don't get up at four. I never will. It's like, what is that morning or night? I don't know what 4 a.m. even means. But... <laughs> Sleep time is what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, I do get up at 5.30 and, and, uh, I, and so, which is still early for some, but. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prep, prep, prep. That's awesome. Okay. Well, kind of on that note, uh, you, you told me before that you disagree with the common belief that moving up the chain, quote unquote, or moving up the ladder is the right path for everyone. And that seems like the most obvious thing to do. Right. But, but why, why is that? Because it's not about what's right for everybody else. It's about what's right for you. And, um, you know, we're, we're really the directors of our own movie here. Um, again, I, I said this earlier, but it's, it's just, it's so important to sink in that we need to stand in our own truth and, and just make sure that our ladders of success stand on the right wall. And I think if, if we're doing that, then 
the rest kind of falls into place and you don't necessarily have to, to be a manager or, you know, if you grow up in a family that wants you to be a doctor or a lawyer, it's, that's not, but if that's not you, then, then you're going to be, you're going to be living a very unhappy life. And so, you know, it's really, it's really important just to, to tune everybody else out and, and think, okay, what do I want to do? And it's funny, like, it's kind of ironic that I'm talking about this as a salesperson, right? Because I, <laughs> I didn't want to be in sales. Um, <laughs> right. I, mean, I think this is like plan B and C for everybody, right? And we all yeah. kind of just fall into it. But once we're in it, we're like, oh, this is amazing. Um, for the most part. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's some downtimes for sure. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I originally wanted to be a lawyer, but I just couldn't get my LSAT scores up. And, and I kind of wanted to do it because I thought it was really cool to be a lawyer. You know, I, I, I thought, Hey, they make good money. They get to argue a lot. I'm a pretty good person at arguing and debating. So why not be a lawyer? Um, but it's just such a shallow way to, to think about things. Um, this profession can, can make somebody so fulfilled if they go about it the right way. I think at the same time, there's probably people in sales right now that that's what they've done their whole career, but they really wish they would have done something else. And maybe there's, they should get out of it too. Not that they couldn't be successful here. I think anyone can, like you said earlier, but to be honest, right? Be honest with yourself. Be honest. Yeah. And those are people that typically aren't doing so well at sales, right? Like they just never really got over that hump. And maybe they were close, but they just didn't quite get there. You know, they didn't quite push it. And because mm. it, it's tough to break through. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you also said that all reps should stop using the spray and pray technique. So mm. w- what is that and, and what should they do instead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this the spray and pray technique is just. I think even SDRs and BDRs and and uh, small business account executives and mid market enterprise. So this goes for for every you know every person in sales. They they would typically come up with a sequence, uh, whether it's in sales loft or outreach, uh, and they would send out generic emails to a, a mass audience of people in, ho- in hopes that they get one on the hook, right? Um, in this day and age, it doesn't work because people are getting over a hundred emails a day, particularly the people that you want to get to, to the table. Um, you know, you never want to go really below the director level. So if you're reaching out to directors, VPs in the C-suite, um, these are folks that, um, you know, they, they'll look at your email and, and they want right. to click on it. Yeah. So, you know, we need to leverage our, it's, I'm an enterprise rep. So if you, want, if you want success and you're starting with a list of accounts, which is typically how it goes, uh, right? They give you a list of accounts that kind of fit into your, your ideal customer profile. And you need to leverage your, your executives. You need to leverage your, your channel partners. Um, this is the best way to get in the door. I think the highest probability is, you know, determine who can kind of give you that warm intro. 
and if you can't do it from from warm intros, um, the next best thing, of course, is to sort of really come up with a, a solid point of view. So this is extremely important, right? You need to sort of change the way that that the C-suite and VPs are thinking about their business. Um, we need to sell transformations and sell problems and not features and benefits. So, for example, you know, I work at a company called Digital Rally, as you mentioned. Um, we are the largest pure play SaaS mediation company out there. So um, it's kind of a, a mouthful, but essentially it's a, <laughs> we solve big data challenges. Uh, one of our clients is Verizon. Uh, they started uh, a few years ago. Uh, with an RFP out to all the big billing vendors. Right? We're not a, a billing vendor; we're a data uh, vendor. But uh, a few weeks, a few weeks into the RFP, uh, they they called us to the table because we were able to get a, a meeting with the CTO. And essentially, what happened was we had made them think about their business a little differently. We said, before you go out buying all these applications, right, to start this transformation that you want to start. Wouldn't you want to get your data clean and correct first? Wouldn't you want that challenge done with? I mean, have you ever thought about maybe it's a data challenge and not a billing and a rating challenge, right? And the CTO mm. kind of went, oh, um, that's, that's something I didn't think about. And what we told him was, if you continue like this and you just go with a billing solution, generally what will happen is 70% of, of, of these billing implementations fail. So you might have that implementation fail, but say it goes through. So we'll give you that. Then you'll end up with seven to 9% revenue leakage, according to the industry. Uh, you'll end up with inaccurate invoices. You'll end up with high tech debt. And we just painted this really <laughs> dire picture of what's going to happen. So he paused the RFP <laughs> and, uh, and started an evaluation with digital route. Wow. Um, and so, so this is what I mean by a point of view, right? I mean, the, the old way is believing X, Y, Z. If you continue doing this, you're going to end up with, uh, you know, less competitive advantage. Uh, and these are the reasons why. And if you don't do it the new way, uh, then you're going to, you know, and you keep status quo, then, you know, you're going to continue on j just the way you are and, but if you if you take this step and don't take it for me, but if you take this step, let's take it for a spin first. Let's 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 take a look under the hood and see if this is really right for you. Uh, I can assure you that um, you'll end up like X Y Z, who saw these these challenges taken care of and these benefits, etc. So that, that's kind of the framework of it. Um, it's really powerful when you can tell a story like that. Um, and so that's a, that's a little different than spray and pray, right? I think uh, it requires yeah. a little bit of research, but certainly it's worth it. I mean, I, I, I can hear the SMB reps squirming in their seats right now, just thinking like, man, that sounds awesome, but I don't have the time to gather all that intel and to put together a, mm. a whole, build that story and put yeah. it together. Like I've got, I've got a closed nine deals this month, you know, to hit quota. So how am well, I going to put that all together? Talk um, about their competitors. What, what would you say? <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, you're then, if you want to do the, if you want to take a sort of step down approach, talk about the industry yeah. and the competitors. You don't necessarily have to do a lot of deep research, right? Just go in comparably and say, okay, what is the difference between this? If I'm trying to prospect a company, right? And say it's like Asana, for example, 
right? Mm-hmm. Asana is a workflow uh, SaaS company. Yeah. One of their competitors is money.com. So I would say, okay, so I know Asana is more user-friendly. This is how I would start. Uh, and I know money.com can, can, has more integrations. I'll just, I'm just making this up. <laughs> so, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> this is not an official representation. <laughs> so, and then, you know, I would say, I, I'm, I'm curious, what effect does the fact that monday.com ha- having more integrations have on your conversions or on your win rates, right? Get them thinking because that is, they care about their competition. That is what see that the C-suite and VPs and, they're thinking about it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can tie it back into to, to the problem that you solve. Say, well, we may not be able to give you more integrations, but there's another way to gain a competitive advantage. And, you know, with regards to how Digital Route does it, we can plug the revenue leakage. So if it's a, if it's a, a billion-dollar company and they have 7% revenue leakage, that's a $70 million problem, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty big. Yep. And, and so you, you can tell that story in a way where it kind of gets them kind of hooked up front and then say, well, you know, don't take it from me, right? You have to have some social proof of companies that are kind of similar in the industry uh, and, and see if you can kind of get the meeting that way. I bet that the S&P reps would be very happy with, with that approach because that doesn't take much research at all. So you don't need to necessarily come up with this crazy point of view. That's more of an A account approach. But I certainly, um, there's ways to, to get, <laughs> to, to get yeah. some projects. Uh, it, it, again, it just comes down to preparation, right? Exactly How prepared right. are you? Yeah. How, how well do you know your market? How well do you know your, your, uh, your prospect? Um, I love that. I, I think there's, I think that's what a pro does. That's what a pro does. And an amateur does the spray, spray and pray. It's so much easier it makes you feel like you're doing something. Mm. You know what I mean? I've been there. I've been there where I just spray and pray because I'm like, well, I know <laughs> I can just, I can make dials. I can send emails yeah. and it makes me feel productive. Mm-hmm. But what is it actually accomplishing? Right. I'm going to get the low hanging fruit if I'm lucky. And that's about it. That's right. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Um, all right. So let's see. Okay. So... Mm. I think our little technical difficulty in the middle actually led to uh, more content for the listener because I normally don't go this long <laughs> between the two of them, but this has been, really no, this has been awesome and fun. And, and uh, I, I'm personally glad that, that we were able to do that. But in respect of your time, let's wrap it up. So first of all, I'm going to throw a, a curveball at you. So if, if you could wrap it up and put a bow on it, if we have uh, a listener here who's, who's hearing this for the first time, he's hearing more about how to be a little bit more strategic. He's hearing about drive and about uh, being intentional with his choices, with his career, with his actual job that he's in right now. Um, what are maybe one to three things that you would recommend that, that he or she do first? Join a community, get a sales coach. And um, I'd say the third one is make sure that you have a purpose. 
that you understand what your purpose is and what you are doing every day is aligned with that purpose. That's awesome. That is perfectly said. That leads perfectly into the next thing, which is where can people connect with you? And you can plug anything you want here, but I'm going to force you to plug the SaaS Sales Society because it is so cool. (laughs) I've been able to be in that group and man, and it's just starting, you know, but it has been incredibly valuable to me already. So where can people connect with you and, and go ahead and plug anything you want? Sure. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn, as you know, right? Yes. And, uh, so James Thompson, it's a fairly ubiquitous name. So there's probably thousands of James Thompson's, but if you type <laughs> James Thompson digital route or James Thompson charge B or UC Irvine, and you'll get me. Um, cool. Yeah. And, and if you want to kind of join the, the sort of more exclusive inner circle, uh, there's 120 enterprise mid-market strategic sellers out there that are running their deals and their questions by their peers and they're sharing best practices in the SaaS sales society community. So that's a Slack community that we, we all kind of use on a regular basis. Um, it's helped me out tremendously. So if you want to learn from others that are ahead of you or lift others up that are slightly behind you, um, then that's the place to go. Um, yeah. Th- yeah, that is awesome. And, you, yeah, you, and the website very quickly it's it's www.sassalessociety.com. Thank you. I almost I almost didn't let you say that. Um, and I apologize. I don't know if you can hear my two year old in the background. He's knocking on my door right now. So, okay. but <laughs> but he's okay. He's okay. Um, yeah, I I just want to say like I've been in the the society the SAS Sales Society for I don't know maybe a couple weeks at most. I don't know, not that long. And I put a couple questions out there and I can tell you, so I'm in the middle of a job search, as you know, James, and uh, I had some questions about a potential and about an offer that I received because I'd be the new, the first sales hire at this company, which I've never done before. And there were like, three people that had done that at a SaaS company in the group that all reached out nice. and I talked with all three of them. I, I direct messages with uh, two of them and I talked to one even on the phone off the, off the community and the, the, the advice they gave me completely changed the way I looked at it and the way that I thought about that opportunity. And it's, it's made such a huge difference for me. So I absolutely encourage anyone to go join. It's ridiculously, uh, I mean, the, it's, it's ridiculously inexpensive, I would say, and, uh, and extremely worth the money. So please, uh, if that's something that sounds interesting, definitely have my endorsement there. Um, thank you. I guess with that being said, we'll hang out a little bit after I hit stop, but, uh, with that being said, thank you so much for coming. This was an incredible episode. Well, thank you, Robert. I appreciate you having me again.